0: Welcome to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast, a resilience podcast where we talk about all the challenging things that we're working to overcome like anxiety, health and relationship issues. My name is Sarah. Welcome to another episode of the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. We are going to tackle something that's a little bit lighter than some of our other um topics that we hit on, which are things like parenting and health issues and can feel very complex. And this topic is complex too, but it definitely has that lighter side. We're all striving to be happy in our lives, but we don't even sometimes know what happiness looks like or what it means to us. So we're going to dig into happiness this week. I'm happy to dig into this topic more with our guest, Sean Brown. Sean is a speaker, teacher, author, coach, and podcaster. He focuses on helping people to live more satisfying and happy lives. He helps clients to find areas to progress, develop, and ultimately find success. Let's see what clarity Sean can offer around this big topic of happiness. We're going to get into some of his background, what it means to him to be happy, and some of the tools that he recommends to clients around happiness, and even touch on something that can impact our happiness, which is limiting beliefs. So let's hear a little bit more this week from Sean Brown. So welcome, Sean, to the podcast today. I'm happy to connect with you.
1: Thank you very much for having me. I'm really looking forward to speaking with you today. I'm really looking forward to the conversation.
0: That's great. So why don't we start with you providing a bit about your background and then how you got into coaching and particularly around happiness?
1: Yeah, sure. I've been coaching for about six or seven years now, um, and it's, it's like a natural evolution from teaching. So prior to coaching, I was a classroom teacher with little ones. Um, and you might have an American audience so I know you've got the grade system there over here in the UK where I am we have like year one year two year three so I was teaching year five so nine and ten year olds for a few years and then I stayed in primary school education for about 10 years but I just felt like I wanted to do a little bit more and an opportunity came it's a long story so I won't get into all of that but an opportunity came to start developing my own coaching practice so I got into that and when I first started doing it I was focusing a lot on you know, the usual mindset and setting goals, and let's hit this target, and let's hit that target. And, you know, the people I'm working with were doing fine and were doing well. But I noticed for myself that it seemed like something else was more important. You know, even though people were hitting goals, it still seemed like a quality of their lives could be enhanced even more, whether they hit the goals or not. <clears throat> and that's when I started thinking about this whole arena of peace happiness, fulfillment. And for me, that became the that became the foundation of my coaching. And one coaching client really hammered it home for me. She was going to work with me doing the usual, you know, hitting goals and targets and all the rest of it. And then two weeks before we were going to start, she said, "Oh, I've, I've got to go for some tests. Um, once these tests are done, I'll get back to you and we'll start the coaching. I was like, right, fine, no problem. Didn't think anything of it. She came back to me a week later and said, I've been diagnosed with cancer and and I was like wow okay that's didn't expect that and then she said are you still happy to coach me and I said well if you're happy to you know go through this journey with me I've never coached anybody in this circumstance this situation before but if you're happy to go on the journey with me I'm happy to be there and support you with that and she was and she and she was you know she was happy for me to to almost use this as the first time experiencing a coaching situation like this and that's when i realized what was most important because for the first time goals and targets were out of the window this is not a situation where we're looking to hit goals this is a situation where i'm helping some i'm creating the space for someone to come into that space and, and and allow that space to be whatever it needs to be whether it's processing fears whether it's being super practical whether it's saying things that she doesn't want to say to her nearest and dearest, you know, just creating that space to allow her to get back to that solid foundation, which is what my coaching practice then became. I wanted to focus much more on helping people to live happy, fulfilled, peaceful, joyful lives. Because I saw with that lady who I worked with, one, that it was possible And two, that it was crucially more important than any goal that we can think of. So that's why my coaching practice evolved in the way that it did.
0: Yeah, wow, that's really a powerful story and evolution for sure. And and I think it makes a lot of sense. And I know I've been in that situation where, you know, you're kind of hitting goal after goal. And you can certainly, you know, especially if you're kind of like a type A, you're a worker, achiever, you can churn out a lot, right? But you're, yeah, sure. you're not necessarily getting um, maybe that happiness that you think you're going to with that. So yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. So I guess I'm thinking, one of the things I struggle with, and and I'm sure others do too, is like, even what it means to be happy. So what, yeah. what do you kind of, at least maybe you can speak into your personal um, definition of it, or what you use in your coaching as sort of the the definition around being happy or peaceful.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, and it's really difficult to define, isn't it? Because I think that lots of people have different answers. And for me, when I I think about what happiness means, for me, the way I would describe it, I'm gonna try and describe it in a short way, but it probably won't be. (laughs) The way I would try and describe it is someone who's in tune and in harmony with who they truly are somebody who's in touch with the with the essence of themselves that's going to be someone who is going to radiate that sort of contentment fulfillment peace that joyful way of being and they're all different expressions in my eyes of what happiness is and and i think what's happened in our society a lot is that happiness has been pinned onto external things and it's been pinned onto almost, you know, certain achievements. And we've all said that classic phrase of, you know, when I do X, Y, Z, fill in the gap with whatever you want, then I'll be happy, right? And what I think what I realized, and what you were sort of alluding to before, is that you can you can carry on doing that and doing that and doing that forever. You know, you get you get one house, and you think, oh, I've got to get the next one, then the next one, then the next one. You get a car and then think. I've got to get the next one, the next one, the faster one, the bigger one, whatever it is. So we can be on this continual search, but never finding. And so in the absence of seeking happiness, in the absence of seeking peace, but in actually resting and and discovering it within ourselves, we find that it has been there the whole time, but it's been covered over with a whole load of seeking and maybe a bunch of conditioning, you know, um, it's society or certain companies trying to sell us on things that we need to be happy, and we and it's really easy to fall into that. And and so for me, a lot of a lot of it in terms of happiness is stripping away all the things that seem to be a barrier to it. And usually, what we find is happiness, peace, fulfillment was there the whole time because it's a fundamental element of who we've always been. You know, if you look at a young child. Uh, you know a really young child say one two-year-old child you don't we don't teach those young children how to be happy it's naturally there and i don't think it, it ever went anywhere i just think that life so many things happen in life that gets heaped on top of us in terms of responsibilities or things that we think we've got to take care of or our own view of the world gets skewed just through our life experiences that we forget that it's there
0: Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And you're right, there's certainly a lot of distractions with like physical stuff and you know, sure. titles or or whatever it is that you're seeking. So that makes a lot of sense that it's kind of that tuning in. So I wondered if you could talk a little bit more about how do we start to tune in? So we've kind of got this, all this stuff kind of going on, things coming at us, things that we think are what we want. How do we mm. start to pull back and, and tune in?
1: that's a great question and I I don't know if there's a one size fits all answer because I I think what that looks like when it's being expressed from the essence of who we are that when it is then being expressed it looks so different in different people if that makes sense and so it's I think it's stripping things back to the getting back to the very core of who we are and taking that moment to just ch- become more self-aware because it's really easy and we know we live in a busy society right we're living mm-hmm. in a world that's go 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 all the time it's very easy to almost just bulldoze our way through our days with no mm-hmm. reflection with no with no sort of looking back and going does this reflect what i want is this in is this in tune with my intention does does this you know does this energize me is this life-giving to me Questions like that help us to really tune into those things. And it's not that it needs to be grand, huge things. Like nothing makes nothing to me, I can't think of many things better than just having a moment in the woods. I've got a dog, so I take my I take my dog ziggy in the woods. And those moments where I'm just walking and silent and just in the woods, it's it's amazing and it's beautiful and it doesn't cost anything and it's just energizing, it's life giving to me. And that's the big thing that I look for—something that's life-giving, something that, you know, I would do it. I would do it for hours and hours and hours and hours if I could. You know, like I've got—I've got an allotment space where I plant a lot of things and I grow a lot of things. And being out there in that quiet space is great for me. But I'm a quiet hermit type person. Mm-hmm. That's not the same for everybody. For somebody else, they can't think of anything better than being in a big party, loads of people, mixing it up socialising, partying, all the rest of it. And that's the key. I don't think there is an answer that fits everybody. It's about tuning into you and and, and recognising what lights you up, what makes your heart sing, what is it that you want to express, what is it that you want to explore. And then almost by intentionally having exposure to those experiences, we then start to see in, in real time yet yeah, a bit more of that a bit less of that and we can adjust so that our life has more in it that that has that fulfillment piece. Because, look, we, we're always going to have responsibilities. I've got two young children. Um, so there's things that come with that. You know, I'm not singing with joy when I've got to, you know, make the pat lunches for the, for the yeah. school day and stuff like that. So there's always lunches are one those... of my
0: least favorite. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh my days! I know. And it, why does it feel like it takes forever? And it's like mm-hmm. you're only making like a few little bits, We're like this is taking forever. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but yeah, like we're always going to have those those things, those moments. But even even with those moments, when when there is that overall feel that that's weaving through our lives even those moments have less tension less mm-hmm. stress because our foundation is pretty solid and when our foundation internally is pretty solid then i find that our days just have more grace to them it's not that we can control the circumstances and the situations and snows we can't life is what it is but it does mean that the way we face those shifting you know those shifting times and those shifting challenges is different
0: yeah that makes a lot of sense i can i can see how that then starts to become what people are truly seeking and so what about if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking oh you know maybe i thought i was happy maybe i'm not happy like w- what are some things that you can ask yourself to know whether maybe you need to start doing this work
1: um, so no, yeah. one one thing i would say is i would avoid turning the pursuit of happiness into another test to pass that's one thing i'd say mm. give yourself a big dollop of grace space and time with something like that and the reason why i say it is because we can turn any noble pursuit into something that then causes suffering and with with like something like you know ooh i want to be happy that can quickly turn into Why am I not happy yet? What am I doing wrong? What should I do now? What's wrong with me? Will I ever be happy? And very quickly, we can turn something that sounded like a great idea into something that then causes suffering because we're constantly like testing ourselves against this image of what we think happiness should be. Whereas my suggestion would be, allow happiness to be what it is. So rather than trying to force it to look a particular way or be a particular thing, We just notice when it's there. So it becomes more of a game of awareness rather than a game of trying to deliberately create, if that makes sense, which sounds a bit counterintuitive. But the reason I'm saying that is because when we're trying to force anything, by the very definition of it being force, there is resistance, there is pushing, and there is that that feel of like, oh, I've got to get to it sort of thing. And that's not really the place that's going to allow us to actually enjoy those small moments of happiness that are probably already there. And so I would say rather than making a checklist for yourself or rather than, you know, berating yourself because you've not been happy, we we can just make an intention of, you know, from this moment forward, happiness is higher up on the list, right? It's, 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 It's important and I recognize its importance. And so from this moment forward, I'm going to I'm going that's going to be a consideration. As well as the practicalities, as well as the things we've got to do, as well as all the rest of it, happiness is in that list.
0: Okay, yeah, I like that. It's because I can totally see that then it just becomes like another goal. I get what you're saying, like not a another test yeah. to pass. Yeah.
1: I remember okay. listening to um I remember listening to a a book by Eckhart Tolle many years ago, be um the power of now.
0: Yeah and yep. it's
1: quite it's quite funny to 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 think about doing this, but I actually did this. <laughs> and I wrote it down as go, I'm going to be here now more. And then when I look back at that's really funny because I was almost like <laughs> trying to go, am I here now? Am I not here now? And it <laughs> 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 It got a little bit silly. Because I, I almost took that gold, a goal achiever energy to it. And it's about it's about, you know, almost taking that off and allowing uh, almost if you imagine it almost like a, 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 a seed that you're cultivating from a seed into a plant and then allowing it to flower. To do that, we nurture it. We care for it. We don't keep digging it up and going, are you ready yet? Are you here yet? We allow it to take as long as it takes. We allow its time to unfold. We recognize that there's a process and we we nurture the process as best we can, and we just give the process what it needs. And, And that sort of approach gives us a much better chance to find ourselves falling into that space of happiness without even trying to be there. We just find ourselves there almost by accident.
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah. I could totally see myself doing that as well. Being like, I'm going to be here. Or, you know, even other things that you're working on, like loving yourself more. And then you're right that you start to attach it to a disappointment when you have that day that you're hard on yourself or, or something like that. So yeah, Yeah. that makes sense.
1: We create an image of, we, we create, we can create an image in our mind of what happiness looks like. And then we can, we can, we can get obsessed with that image to the point where if happiness doesn't look like that or whatever it is that you put in there, if it doesn't look like that, then it's somehow wrong. And so Mm -hmm. what we're actually doing, we're narrowing the scope of possibilities accidentally because we're fixating on this particular image. Mm -hmm. And when we let the image go and we just have that spirit of curiosity, you know, I wonder what happiness could look like for me and set the intention. Happiness is important to me and I want to make space and time for that then we've got a wide open field of possibilities and, and we may be surprised with where we find it and we may be surprised with the amount of time that we, that we almost just fall into it and, and, and sort of stay there, if that makes sense, rather than like, I must be happy now. Like even saying it when I feel it, there's, there's, a, there's a tension in that and a stiffening mm-hmm. up, which is actually going to take us further away from what we're saying we want.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that's a little bit counter to some of the other practices that I've heard, like vision boarding and things like that, where you're, you know, imagine yourself in 10 years or 20 years, and you're, you're supposed to be then how do you work towards that? This is a little bit more of a, maybe, I don't want to say slower, but like an organic process of letting things go where they need to go, it seems like.
1: Yeah. And, and things like vision boards are great for certain people. Mm -hmm. um but one thing that i found in the personal development space is we can have something like a vision board and we can turn that into the answer for everybody and Mm -hmm. i've just found that that's a little bit it's a little bit naive to think that there's one thing that's going to be the answer for all people like just doesn't very few things work that way right and, and so vision boards for some people will be perfect. I'm just using vision boards because you've said that. Yeah. And then for other people, vision boards aren't going to be ideal. And, and, and then the, what can happen is if we think, and this is a great, what you said is a great example of what I was saying before. If we think vision boards are the answer and we just happen to be someone who vision boards don't, it just not, doesn't really jive for us, then we can very quickly think, well, vision boards are the answer and I'm not jiving with it, so there's something wrong with me we can very quickly get into that space again. And so having that that realisation that all the tools out there are just that tools means that we can go to the ones that resonate with us and we can use those happily, like the vision boards, like the goal setting, whatever they are, and we can leave the ones that aren't right for us knowing that's not right for me, but it's probably right for somebody else. So when they find it, that's all good. And that's a great approach to take because what you're then going to create is, you know, a path of personal development or spiritual development that's right for you because you've pulled in all the elements and then brought them together, like almost like a hybrid style, where you've taken the things that you know work for you and then you make them work for you without, you know, trying to look for the next cookie cutter thing that everybody's saying, This is it. It might be, but it might not be for you. So, having that in mind. And seeing what your experience is with anything, I just think is really valuable practice.
0: Okay, yeah, that's that's great. And it kind of leads into what my next question was going to be, was more focused on what are the tools. And so what I'm getting is it's certainly individual and and different things work for different people. Are there for some sure. that you... You know, prefer to get clients to try. Are there certain ones you lean towards? Like, I know journaling is very popular, like things like that, or um, meditation. Like, are there any that you that you you know recommend?
1: Um, there'd be things that I'd suggest, yes. And then the, the next thing I would say would be try it out, see how it works for you. Because I'll never forget um, a few years ago, I working with a client and. I'd said to her, oh, have you ever thought about a gratitude journal? And, you know, for anybody who's listening who's not heard of what a gratitude journal is, I'm sure everybody has. But just in case, Uh it's just taking some time to think about those things that you're grateful for and then recording them somewhere. And so I suggested it to her. And she was like, oh, yeah, sounds great, blah, blah, blah. Two weeks later, when we got on the call, I was like, how's the gratitude journal going? And she was like, "Uh, well, uh." (laughs) is it not for you? And it was almost when I said, me saying, is it not for you? Mm. I saw her shoulders, like, just totally relaxed. She was like, it's not. And I was like, that's okay. Like, mm-hmm. it's totally okay that that's not for you. Um, it just wasn't for her, to, you know, to take time out, to sit down and write things down. It wasn't for her. Um, but in terms of practices that I think are definitely worth exploring and then seeing what works for you, journaling is, is an excellent one. Um, because it enhances self-awareness, right? Because you're looking back, depending on how you use your journal, you're looking back on experiences or you're reflecting on, you know, what you would like for the future. Like there's so many different ways that you can journal. I think journaling is an amazing tool because when you're sat in front of, sat in front of the page and you're focusing on yourself that way, it's a really good way of shifting perspective as well. So say you're in a, you've you been in a situation In the heat of the moment, something doesn't go, you know, you say something, you regret or do something, you think, oh, I want to have done that again. Taking the time to sit with that and process that through journaling is an excellent tool. It's one I personally use. um, And in in my journal, I do start with gratitude. And then other things I put in there will be, you know, what were my my wins for the day? Because I like to um, pat myself on the back. (laughs) (laughs) It feels good. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. I love it. So what am I, What were my wins for the day? You know, some, certain things I've done, that I'll jot them down. And then another thing that I will put in my, my own journal is what are my lessons for the day? So what was it that I've learned something from that I didn't expect? And it could be something small like, oh, I heard somebody say something on a podcast or I read this in a book, or it can be from my life experience. Like I said this thing, I won't say that again. Or did this, this didn't go how I expected. So I take note of those things as well. You know, to reflect on both sides of that—things that are going great and the things that I can learn from—and um, that sort of that's the crux of my sort of journaling practice. So, for me, journaling is a big thing. Um, another thing for me that I do like is either meditation, or if if sitting in meditation isn't for you, another thing that I do is I'll go I'll go and walk. You know, in, in nature, something like that. But I'll deliberately not take any stimuli. So I'll, I won't have my headphones so I can listen to music or podcasts or audio books. It'll be me and the silence, if that makes sense. And just spending time in nature and just observing nature and walking and, and, and in silence. It's almost meditative in and of itself, even though it's not formal meditation of sitting down, you know, silence and eyes closed. And even back in the day when meditation was happening, I'm pretty sure in, in um, Zen Buddhist practice and meditation, they also had a walking meditation as well, which meant, I'm, not, I'm not sure lots of people know that because they just think of sitting cross-legged, don't they, and eyes closed. But walking meditation was a practice as well where you would just walk in silence. Becoming really aware and becoming really present, there's nothing that I'm thinking about in the future. I'm not in the past. I'm, like, I'm, I'm here and I'm now. And that for me has become a really beneficial practice that I do regularly um, since getting the dog Ziggy. Because we're out every morning anyway, so I really try mm. and take advantage of that time. Um, and they're my particular practices that that I do. I mean, prayers another one um, where I will just speak to you know, you can call it God, call it Spirit, the Creator, whatever you want to call it, and and I will just I will just speak words of affirmation or just speak words of gratitude, thanks. And that's more of a spontaneous thing. It's not something that I'm strict on. But when I feel like I want to do that, that's another thing that I like to do. I like to to speak prayerfully. And setting intentions is another thing for me because, as I said, to take the time to stop and think, well, what direction is important to me now? What is it that I want to bring more of into my life? What is it that I want to let go of in my life? And sitting down and setting intentions every now and then has been really helpful for me as well in terms of just being able to you know, formulate a new path. And that's something that I encourage clients to do also. And that's something that we do in our calls anyway. We would just it, would, it naturally sort of happens because when someone wants to work with me, there's usually a reason behind it. And so talking about intentions is a way of teasing that out. And then it's something that they can go and do for themselves as well.
0: Yeah, those are great. Um, You know, I like what you said about journaling, that there's so many different styles. Because, yeah, I mean, I've talked to different people and they say like, oh, I tried journaling. I didn't like it. And it's like, well, yeah, but were you recording your day? Did you have some kind of structure? Um, I heard an interesting one the other day where this woman said to get up in the morning and you can just like record all of sort of those you know thoughts that come very quickly to you, um, and just kind of get mm. them out. You know, just like a dump. And I thought that sounded interesting too. Like, a yeah, sort people,
1: of- yeah, people talk call that like, is it called bookending where you can do it? Yeah, start something the day at the like end of the day. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So I thought it's a good know, idea interesting and and you're right that just because you do one it doesn't mean that you know something else may not be be helpful and and I like the idea of meditative walking I've done also even running where if I you know don't put headphones on and and there's yeah something about that rhythm and Um, nature but then there are days that I'll be honest that if I try to do one where I'm not listening to podcasts or not listening to music and it almost those first few minutes feel like torture like you're
1: just (laughs) (laughs) agree absolutely (laughs) agree and that's and that's what this is all about isn't it it's about yeah I think the most important thing to tune into is what what do I want now Mm -hmm. and I think that's the most important thing so as you're saying if I if I'm feeling like when I get up in the morning and I've got Ziggy and I'm like, do you know what? I really want to listen to some music this morning, I'll turn my headphones and I'll listen to it. So I'm not so strict with anything mm. that it restricts my freedom, because freedom ultimately is is the most important thing. And so yeah, and and tuning into, you know, what what do I want like now? What do I need now? Is really important. You know, there's been some times when, you know, you're feeling a bit flat, you're feeling a bit uh, you feel a bit, you know, whatever. And you know, mm-hmm. there's that one song or there's that playlist that you've got that when you listen to it, it energizes you and it charges you up. Get it on. Let's listen to it. Whack the volume up, do you know? So that's the thing. Like we don't want to get we don't want to get into any patterns where we're like, I must rigidly do this and become robotic mm-hmm. with it. And mm-hmm. I think the more options we've got that we enjoy, the better. Because then we can tap into them when it's right for us, and then we feel that sense of fulfillment, because we're like, that's what I wanted in that moment. So that's what I'm going to have. I'm going to listen to a podcast or, you know, I'm going to listen to the music or or whatever.
0: Yeah, that's good. It's just so much more gentle where I'm, I'm the other side and I'm like, I didn't meditate every day or I didn't, you know, and then, you know, you feel bad, but this seems a lot more, more gentle, I guess we'll say. Yeah, (laughs) which is great. Um, I wanted to switch gears a little bit. I know something that I hear a lot about in the personal development space is limiting beliefs. And Mm -hmm. I wondered if you could talk to us a little bit about those kind of like, you know, what they are, why do they hold us back? What's what is the impact there and sort of how they fit into your coaching?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, Well, something happened with my daughter a few weeks ago, which we can talk about in this context which will make it really practical for people and so in a nutshell what is a limiting belief anything any idea that we hold which limits possibilities is a limiting belief that's basically it and so what do I mean by that I'll go to the story and it'll make a lot of sense so um, I've got two children um, Nathan and Ava Nathan's 10 Ava's 8 and one thing that we've started doing recently is going to swimming lessons and so the swimming lessons have been going really good. There's just, they've just had this one thing that they've not wanted to do, like stubbornly not wanted to do, which is put their face in the water. And so for them, they've got, they had all these ideas around what it means to put their face in the water, which was a limiting belief. And by that I mean the idea was so convincing to them that it prevented them from doing what they were being asked to do. And so, how that got there, who knows? Why it was there, who knows? But it's there. And so, with my daughter, especially, you know, it was really strong and to the point where, you know, when you see someone swimming and they're deliberately not trying to put their face in, it looks quite mm-hmm. funny like their neck cranes all the way back. And she's like, Yeah, so it's uncomfortable. Yeah, not even a single splash, please, on my face. It's really funny. But a few weeks ago, we went to swimming, and um, the usual teacher wasn't there. There was a new, there was a new teacher there, and it, I don't know if it was just something about there being a new person there, different energy. Don't know what it was. But when they set off to swim, and the instructor had her, she said, she said to her, right, put your face in. She just said it like that, put your face in, and it, and she just put her face in, and mm-hmm. came back up. And it was almost like it surprised Ava, like what just happened. And, and honestly, it was lit. After seeing her do that, for her, it was literally like a spell had just been broken. Because the thing that she had been saying in her mind was impossible, she'd just done it. So then on the side, you know, um, when it wasn't her turn to swim or whatever, with the instructor. I was watching it and she kept putting her face in like over and over again and dunking her head under and then looking at us and giving us the thumbs up and smiling. And in that moment, whatever the idea had been that had been holding her back, it collapsed. It was dismantled and it no longer had a hold on her. And that's what limiting beliefs are. It's almost like the world has been drawn a particular way in our mind. Like this is what the world is. And until we question that and unpick it or dismantle it, or we have an experience that does that, like Ava's head going in the water, it will remain that way. So any limitations that have been drawn into that map will then hold us back. And it could be something like, you know, oh, I want to I get into business, don't want to work 9 to 5 anymore, but I can't do that. I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm not a business person. So ideas like that will then hold us in place. I've got to be an employee because I can never be that. So things that other people are doing and making possible to us seem impossible. And that for me is, is what a limiting belief is and how it operates. And so we can see how crucial it is to explore what we're holding in our minds. Because until we explore it, we just think that's just the way it is. We never even question it. Whereas when we start to explore it with somebody and we start to see it, we can start to recognize, does this idea serve me? or is it or is it constricting me is it holding me back if it serves me well cool but if it doesn't then maybe there's something to do there so that we can move beyond it
0: Mm, okay okay that does make a lot of sense so then then that's where you can start to identify that you've maybe got some work to do in the limiting belief space okay yeah okay that's great um, I wondered before we wrap up if there are any other kind of key pieces of advice or tools or anything else that you want to share with listeners
1: um yeah, so I think you said the word over and over again, which is gentle, which is i I like that word, and i I just want to reemphasize that you know that we a lot of our lives is sort of so fast paced and you know go 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 and almost well, aggressive in a way, in terms of like full pelt, that we've almost been conditioned into thinking that all of life operates like that. Whereas I'm big into nature and observing nature. Like I love, like I've got, I've got a nice garden and then on the other side of my garden fence, I've got my allotment where we grow vegetables and stuff. And one thing I've noticed about, about nature is it's, it's so powerful and yet it's not aggressive at all like everything just sort of grows in its own sort of way. And there's a power in that, like an incredible power in nature and what nature is. And then I sort of made a leap to, to recognize and say, oh, I am a part of nature. Like, I am a part of this system of things growing and developing and, and, and evolving. And I see my own growth as, as a natural process as well. And so my journey... And what my invitation to any of the listeners is to, rem- is to remember that, to remember that, yes, there can be moments where we're going for it and we're full pelt, but there can also be moments where we are taking the time to slow down. We're taking the time to become more reflective. We're taking that time to, yeah, just be present here and now and that time is not wasted, it's extremely valuable because it's helping us to get back in touch with the essence of who we are. And preserving that and, and keeping, keeping that intact is what the game is all about. And you can call that happiness, you can call that fulfillment, you can call it joy, you can call it success, you can call it whatever you want. But ultimately, that's what we all want. We want to live a good life and we want to be free to go and explore and experience whatever it is we want to do. Well, a big part of that is being in touch with our internal world. And in order to be in touch with our internal world, we need to slow down enough to hear what our internal world is trying to say. And so it's just an invitation to not neglect what's going on internally, to get in touch with it in whatever way is appropriate for you, is right for you, feels natural to you, and just see see what unfolds from there. And I'm pretty sure if we you know, take the time to explore that internal world, we will, we'll have some really pleasant surprises along the way.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. I love that. That makes so much sense. And, and I like the analogy to nature and in how it can move more slowly, but still super effective. Um, That's great. So I'm sure the listeners are going to want to find out more about you. What are the best ways to do that? What's the best way to contact you? Is there a website, social media, anything like that?
1: There is. Um, you can find, I have got a website called seanbrowncoaching.com. My, the way Sean is spelled is S-H-A-U-N and Brown with an E at the end. So it's a bit of an awkward spelling, <laughs> but it's seanbrowncoaching.com. You can find me there. You can contact okay. me in there and get in touch if you want to speak with me more. I am on Facebook under the name Sean Brown. Um I'm on Instagram so I don't spend much time on Instagram, so don't find me there. There's no point. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be on there long. I'm also on TikTok, um, under the name Sean Brown One. So you can find me on there and I just do like little videos in there talking about stuff like this. There's okay. no dancing there's no dancing cats or anything, not yet anyway. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not trying to go viral and just do my thing on there you can find maybe on your there.
0: dog you can do stuff <laughs> i'm not
1: gonna lie my dog was in my last video but only for a few seconds <laughs> but yeah, you, can, you can find me on there sean brown one um i also have a podcast myself um called BU, and it's all about what we've talked about here so um you can go and check that out if you want to have a listen on there And I think that's everywhere where I exist in the virtual world. I think (laughs) that's that's all the places.
0: No, that's wonderful. That's a lot of places and and great. They can go over and listen to a little bit more on, on your podcast as well. That sounds great. Okay, well, thank you so much for your time. I think I learned a lot with this. And you know, I definitely see a lot of myself in sort of that achiever, but needing to pull back and, and maybe refocus on, on the approach there. So I think that makes a lot of sense to me. And I definitely appreciate your time today.
1: Oh, thanks so much for having me. And yeah, what you, just to, to what you just said there, I think the most spiritual thing we can ever do is be more of ourselves. And, you know, if if in that internal reflection, you, you go, do you know what? Getting after it, shooting for goals, all of that is extremely fulfilling to me. Then it just sort of already underlines what you are already doing. It gives it almost more purpose. Because, you know, this for me is what it's all about. And so I wouldn't want people to think that, you know, like, oh, if I'm a goal achiever, maybe I I don't have to be that. Maybe that's perfect for you. And if it is, Mm -hmm. be more of that. There's no, there is no, there is no spiritual way to be. That's like a character. Do you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. it's, that's not what spirituality is to me. To me, spirituality means I know who I am and I express who I am. That's it. And how that looks is as varied, and as amazing as it should be we're all different so that variety and that diversity is going to be reflected in that so achieve the hell out of those goals if you want to go for it <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right no that's great okay perfect like i said thank you again
1: thanks so much for having me thank you
0: do you love the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast? Well, first of all, thank you so much. Second of all, if you love the podcast and you want more and more to keep coming, I would love your support through Kofi.com. Kofi.com is a way that you can put a little money towards your favorite podcast. It can be as little as a few dollars one time, bunch of times, whatever you feel that you can give, and it helps to cover all the costs that go associated with podcasting. So if you would like to support this podcast, please consider donating through ko You can find the link in my Instagram feed under Linktree. It's at Sarah Lady Gluten, or you can visit Ko-fi, K-O- fi.com slash learning to slay the beasts. I appreciate your support whether you can give or not. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much to Sean Brown for his time this week. I loved his overall message of being more of ourselves. I think that is just really where I'm striving to be is that feeling of I'm not trying to be this, I'm not trying to be that, I'm just doing life as myself and, and prioritizing the things that are important to me hitting the goals that are important to me, but not feeling overwhelmed. That's really where I'd like to be. And I loved how he talked about tools in such a gentle way about actually trying tools, looking at things like journaling or meditation or prayer or setting intentions, all of those things that we hear, you know, we should be doing this, we should be doing this, this is the key, being a little bit more gentle with ourselves about trying them out um, seeing what fits. And if it doesn't fit, moving on to something else that, again, fits in with being more of ourself. I thought he had some great uh, tips for us throughout the episode. And I really liked his approach in terms of being a little bit more gentle with ourselves, and that happiness can look different in different people. And it's all about finding that alignment and pulling back those layers. I really appreciated um, his attitude and his his focus on helping. If you are interested in connecting with Sean or hearing a little bit more from him, as he mentioned, he has a podcast, BU. You can also find more on the internet about him, SeanBrownCoaching.com. And again, it's S H A U N B R O W. And coaching.com or Facebook as Sean Brown and TikTok as Sean Brown One. Hopefully, you'll go out and connect with him. Let him know that you heard about him on the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast. Um, and that would be great if you can even spread the word to others who you think have been thinking about this topic of happiness or, um, could use some of the messages that Sean had for us today, feel free to share the podcast with them on social media, or even, you know, flip them an email, just letting them know that it's something to listen to. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate you listening this week. And of course, always appreciate hearing from you. Again, if you have anything that you want me to dig into further, feel free to send me topics to look into or guests that you'd love to hear on the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast. Thanks again for listening and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast. Please keep in mind, this podcast is not intended to be medical or professional advice. If you'd like to hear more from me, you can follow me on social media, Instagram and TikTok at SarahLadyGluten or Facebook, Sarah underscore gluten-free Lady. You can also visit my website, which includes author information, speaking information, and more info on the podcast at www.se hyphengerman.com. If you like the podcast, please feel free to review the podcast on your favorite platform and also subscribe because it means that it will show up for you every week on your favorite podcast platform. Also, we've just started to have the ability to support the podcast. You can find this link in my Instagram bio or visit ko-fi.com. K-O-F-I, dot com slash learning to slay the beasts. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.